Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hey, welcome to part two. Of the Shell Lake Massacre. I'm Ben. I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Welcome back. Welcome to part two. Yeah, you left us all hanging. I did. The first part was a little bit like a lot of information overload. So if you guys made it through the first part, good on you. If you haven't listened to it, you got to listen to it. There's so much there. It was inf- information overload, but it like had you on the oh the edge of your seat. Definitely. That's for and sure. You got to listen to it before you hear this. Yeah, because you left us right at this. It's like, I need to know. Let's go. Right at the exact edge of where it all takes place. Yeah, where he's, who was it? The Pete something peterson the peterson family's home but who was the dude victor ernest hoffman not that dude the dude he ran into into the house the dad that's james peterson james yeah Yeah, james in the peterson family home yeah i was looking for the james looking for the james (laughs) looking for the James. why did you do italian hands when you said looking for the james (laughs) hey i'm looking for the james you know james the bubble i don't know it just felt right wow okay that's interesting (laughs) I've never seen you do Italian hands before. Well, now you have. I'm I'm keeping things real here. I wonder if that's going to be like a reoccurring thing now. I'm going to watch out for those. (laughs) For my Italian hands? Yeah. You're looking for the James. I'm looking for the Italian hands. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Okay. No chit-chat. We want to know. So just a real quick recap. Okay. Where we left off. Victor was going through all his mental health stuff. Got out of the hospital, and he's still having those urges. And he ended up at the farmhouse of the Peterson family. So I'll read the last couple sentences again of the last episode just to refresh your minds here. Okay. So when he entered the house, he recognized the kitchen. but He had seen it before in a dream. Mm-hmm, which is wild. But that thought was cut short as he was greeted by the shouting of a man saying, Who is it? I totally lost my spot. (laughs) This is the James. This is the James. Inside the the house um, was a family known as the Petersons. Okay. And the man who was speaking was the father, James Peterson. Like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? Well, yeah, it's like two in the morning and someone just walks into your house. I probably wouldn't. You definitely wouldn't. Well, I'm a heavy sleeper. But if there's a noise, you know I'm about to. Shit's going to get real. (laughs) We've gone over that. Right in your underwear, you're there. Yeah, bolting down the stairs, ready to fight anybody. <laughs> so James repeated himself, uh, and when he saw the gun in Victor's hands, oh boy. he jumped up, ready to come forward towards that Victor would be quite and defend a sight. his family. 
Yeah. Oh, definitely. Someone's, I'd shit my pants. I would. I probably would have already have shit my pants. Just having someone come in my house at 2 a.m., oh. I'd be like, who's there? <laughs> so. That's terrifying. Oh, definitely. So he's ready to defend his family. And in that moment, as James stood up to come towards Victor, mm -hmm. Victor swung the gun towards James and pulled the trigger. Yikes. Shot and wounded, James kept coming forward towards Victor. Oh, badass of the day? Badass of the day right here, definitely. He was definitely going forth to protect his family well, yeah, at all costs. Till the bitter end. So props on you, James. You're, you're the man. That's impressive. So by now, the small farmhouse filled with the Peterson family was fully awake and in terror. Oh, there was yeah, gunshots and loud noises going like crazy. I could imagine. So James managed to get to Victor and grab him by the neck, but he could only last so long because oh. Victor began to shoot multiple times. Dang. He unloaded. He shot James a total of 11 times. Wow. Shit. Before he collapsed to the floor. Like that is that's a lot of times that's horrific and of course like his wife is just right there as well watching this oh and the kids are now screaming it's the vision oh. of that is just terrifying it's awful okay get this though an interview with victor afterwards this is something he said in the interview or it might have been sorry not an interview but like with the in the hospital interview sort of thing okay so it's a direct quote from him if he had talked quiet and told me I was wrong, it would have all been right. He could have helped me and I wouldn't have killed him, but he tried to stop me. The James dude? He's saying the James dude should have just like so talked softly to him? Yeah. Uh, do you think like he that? Came, he came forward to try and physically well, yeah, stop him. Well, yeah, because breaking in his house was a gun. Do yes. You, but like, I don't even know if that would have stopped him really. He had already had the super urge. Well, yes and no. And no one would be, no one would do that. Well, I agree. No one would do that. The first instinct is defend, right? Exactly. You know, you're most likely not going to be like, it's okay. Put the gun down, you know, we're going to help. Like, that's not someone's initial reaction. But honestly, I guess that'd be a nice reaction. To but by that statement there, Victor, he's like, that's a call out for help. It's really sad. He just, he's looking for someone to help him. And no one's helping him. Yeah. James wasn't there to help him. He was there to defend his family. Well, yeah. And that's not what James or what Victor wanted. So James died because of that choice. Oh, Lord. Which is the choice 99% of us will make. Oh, I yeah, even more. Like 99.9. 99.999. Repeater. Exactly. <sighs> so. Dang, that's sad. The shit. After James laid on the floor, Victor stepped farther into the house. And to him... He had no pity for the family. Another quote, I was a little scared when I shot him, but I wasn't sorry. To Victor, the Petersons looked like quote unquote pigs. He was disgusted when he looked at them and had no respect for them. And were they almost like devil-like then looking? Most likely, yeah. Because he described the devil as a pig. Yep. So two young girls hid under their covers in bed. And shouted, please don't shoot. I don't want to die. Wow. Victor didn't stop, though. He already murdered, so why stop now? 
He pulled the trigger and then pulled the trigger again. Now, during all this, like I said, the mother of the family, Evelyn Peterson, she was there watching James try and fight off Victor, right? Yeah. She was trying to escape. She was trying to climb out the window and she was holding their baby. Oh, okay. Because I was like, what the frick? Go get your kids. No, she's, she's holding She's one. holding uh, their youngest, their baby. So she managed to climb out the window to the back. And just as she made it outside, she was shot. Victor went outside and ensured she didn't escape. He went back inside and continued to shoot everyone. He executed them all, the entire family. He planned on shooting everyone in the head so he could cut off their heads and take the impaled bullets with them so there wouldn't be evidence left behind. However, some stray bullets, he didn't bother because it's like I didn't get them all in the head. Oh, gosh. Because here's the thing. 22 caliber rifles are notorious for this. The mafia back in the day would actually use 22 caliber bullets because the bullet is small enough that it will enter the skull, but it will not exit. So it'll enter and like bounce around inside, essentially scrambling the brain. Sweet. That's a nice visual. I like that. Well, this is a true crime podcast. Get I used know, to this shit. I know, but wow, that's that's real going there. Uh, so theoretically, if he did shoot everyone in the head, their head would contain the evidence. But Oh, okay, but he like missed and he shit. He missed and shit, so that wasn't the case. There's no point. So he didn't end up doing that, but that aim, was his your plan. Your aim is shit. So. Huh. Now, where am I here? I lost my spot. I still I still am hung up on the whole, like, if he would have s- spoke softly, I don't believe that shit. I mean, who's I, to I say? I don't believe who's it. Who's to say? All, whether it's true or not, it's a clear cry for help, though. And I have another, like, firing question here, but I'm going to just keep it to myself because you're probably getting there. Uh, yes, I am. I really want to know. I know exactly what you're going for. And Do you? Remember when I warned everyone at the beginning of part one? That there's a real heavy moment. We're getting to a real heavy moment. So be forewarned. Oh. Um, so Victor saw and shot everyone. Or so he thought. One little girl was actually seen sitting in bed between her two dead siblings. She was cowering under the blankets. And that was four-year-old Phyllis Peterson. Victor raised his gun and pointed it at Phyllis. But he didn't pull the trigger. He actually let her live. He figured she couldn't really identify him being four years old. Okay. Right? I guess. Uh, And later on, he actually did say that she didn't look like a pig to him. She had the, I quote, face of an angel. So I'm pretty sure that everyone else did look like a demon to him, like the pig demon thing. Yeah. If she looked like an angel. But she looked like she was being saved or something. So he did let her live. He didn't shoot her. Little four-year-old Phyllis? Yeah. Little four-year-old Phyllis. So Victor clearly was like thinking about, like thinking outside the box. He was already prepared to take the heads for the ammo, right? Yeah. He didn't want to leave evidence behind. So he was... Already on that, he began walking around and collecting bullet shells, the cartridges from the, the shells left over. Okay. Uh, so he picked up 17 in total and put them in his pocket. He took another jar full of ammunition from the house and a total of $7 from wallets that he found within the house. He left the house and planned on driving off, but when he did so, he heard something. Uh-oh. Something crying. 
Dang it. It was the baby. Dang it. The mother, Evelyn, was holding the baby when she tried to escape out the window. But yeah, and then you shot her. And that was baby Larry. Victor didn't want to shoot Larry. But he kind of thought, how long would it be until someone found him? A few days, maybe. Larry's Probably little, not. Larry's likely to starve to death. So... Terrible reasoning. Victor didn't want him to suffer. That's that's his reasoning. That's shit. And Victor hated himself for doing it. But he raised his gun one last time. And he shot baby Larry before no. leaving the Peterson farm behind. No. I was so hoping that little babe would be saved. Nope. Just Phyllis. Just Phyllis. Which is interesting. So he claims he didn't want to shoot Larry. It was just a matter of he didn't want it to suffer. He didn't want that cat That's to suffer stupid. either. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Here. I know, I know, but please. I'm just not into that. That's just dumb. No, I know. It's totally <gasps> dumb. But I mean, there is a chance baby Larry could have suffered. So in his mind, he's putting baby Larry out of his misery. Yes, he's murdering him cold blood. Don't fucking do that. Yeah, I but totally Phyllis, get it. she would have suffered too. She's four. She can feed herself. Yeah, but she's surrounded by her dead family. That's worse. Yes. Well, yes, but. So see that reasoning? No, 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 no. Well, I'm just trying to argue his thought point. Not that I agree with his thought point. I'm just trying to get across yeah, his well, thoughts. No. So. Just no. <laughs> just no. Thank you for making this easier on me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell a story, okay? I know. I know where you're going, okay? <sighs> you good? No. Are you, like, going to cry? Actually, no, I'm okay. You sure? Yeah, I'm good. Need some tissues for your issues? Tissue? Okay. I'm good. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on from that. So that morning, someone actually arrived at the Peterson farm after Victor had left. Well, exactly. I didn't think it'd be long. Yeah. It was another farmer by the name of Wildrew Lang. Wildrew was actually supposed to help James on the farm by doing some haying in the fields. So it's actually convenient. It's It was scheduled. It's not like this is a normal thing. Oh, okay. The shit that guy saw. So as soon as he pulled into the driveway and onto the property, he promptly began working in the fields and expecting James to come out and greet him and start working with him. Oh, he just went right to work. Look at that. However, that didn't happen. After a while, in fact, a couple hours, James never came out. At about 9 a.m., Wildrew went up to the house, you know, thinking James slept in. Is he's going okay? to bug him or whatever, right, and make fun of him. You know, oh, you slept in. Ha, ha, ha. The first thing he noticed uh, was the family dog. The family dog was just very timid, very scared, not wagging its tail, nothing. Aww. The second thing he noticed, the mom, the usual noise from the house, the hustle and bustle, it was strangely quiet. Eerily quiet. Definitely. Like this. Just nothing. Silence. Ooh. That's creepy. Gave me chills. That's creepy. Damn, we're good. <laughs> anyways, I say anyways a lot, don't I? Do I? I don't know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so he approached the house and he went inside. And immediately he saw James laying on the floor Dang. covered in blood. Dang. Quickly, he drove off right away to go call for help. And he had to travel six kilometers actually to do so to go to the closest telephone post. Okay. So he can call police. Yeah. Immediately, RCMP came to the scene. And the first thing was, you know, little survivor, four-year-old Phyllis. Uh, she went to go be taken care of by her uncle who lived nearby only like i don't know i think it was like five kilometers away or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and then once she was safe the investigation immediately immediately began oh man i feel bad for her uh phyllis actually she doesn't remember much but she does remember um when she was being carried out of the house that the officer carrying her was just crying really yes she said that she remembers him crying as he was carrying oh. her out of the house that's sad they probably knew the family most likely i mean it's a very tight-knit community around here everyone knows everybody that almost makes me want to cry so she's probably still alive oh yeah she is oh wow yeah she's alive huh so multiple police dogs were brought in dozens of officers combed the scene bush lines the farm they searched nearby houses Uh, Search parties of up to 250 people were ready to go on a moment's notice. As for clues, the main sources of evidence that was left behind that they had to go on were five 22 caliber cartridge shells that were left behind. Oh, he missed some. He missed some. And a couple bloody footprints that were on the kitchen floor. Okay, so his foot, his shoe print. His shoe print. That did not match any of the shoes or any of the families. He fucked up. He fucked up. So the house, however. Hold on, wait, what? Okay, sorry. (laughs) Hold on, wait, what? (laughs) My bad. So the house, however, did give a small idea of what kind of person who potentially could have done this. That sentence was written weird when I first read it. It didn't make sense in my head. Okay, I've totally done that before. (laughs) Uh, So the house wasn't ransacked. Which means it's not like a robbery, right? Right. He, I mean, stole, he stole, stole, I can't even speak, stole seven bucks. Out of wallets, you know, and like a jar off the fridge or something, right? And like, and he um, also stole some bullets or something too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, the jar full of ammunition. Right. So. so it was like, it's not ransacked. They weren't stealing, you know, jewelry or yeah. anything like that. It was just a few oh, couple dollars, dollars out of wallets. That's it. Yeah. Uh, there is no signs of sexual assault. So that's not a motive. Uh, the Petersons had no known enemies. Everyone in the area knows each other and is nice and friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like it was a single perpetrator. So they thought perhaps this was random. And the killer just happened onto their farm. This was like from somewhere else or something. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of person would commit that? What kind of individual would commit a random gruesome act is the sort of question they were asking. Maybe someone who has a history of violence or maybe a mental illness. Mental health. Yeah. So we're already right on the trail of Victor. Dang, that didn't take long, eh? Not at all. I spelt Victor's name wrong here. I put Vitter. Vitter. So Vitter. (laughs) 
Victor lived approximately 65 kilometers away from the Petersons' farm. Okay, I was going to ask at one point how far they were away. Yep, so it's it's another small community, 65 kilometers away. Mm-hmm. Um, but with such a shocking case, you know, word traveled seriously fast, and Victor began to think he might actually be caught. I mean, we're talking about this, so clearly he did, but we'll get into that. Maybe RCMP would do, like, ballistic testing on his gun, and they would find him that way. Um, and he actually went to go do some, like he went to fire off like a major amount of shells in his gun to try and change the, the rifling inside his barrel. Cause each barrel has basically a fingerprint is how it is. Oh. Like every, there's a spiral carved inside the barrel to help the bullet fly like a football. Okay. And each spiral is slightly different. It's never going to be the same. They can carve it the same oh, so every time. Oh, so they can actually, that's how they pinpoint. They can identify guns basically by the slight differences. Oh, so if you shoot it the more, it could change that? Well, he went, he wanted to go shoot it off a couple hundred times so that bullets are rubbing along that. So maybe it would change, uh, change, right? Okay. Or maybe even file down the firing pin a little bit so that the pin mark, because it's a small hammer that hits the back of the cartridge mm-hmm. to cause a little explosion that pushes the, the bullet out. So he's going to file the pin a little bit different shapes when they match the cartridge shells. The pin looks different. He went to go do that, but his brother actually had taken his gun off to another farm. So he didn't even have his gun. He couldn't do it. Oh, that is actually kind of smart. It is. I wonder if people actually do that like nowadays or anything. I don't think people these days are that smart. I think farm people, <laughs> like farm people are smart. They have ingenuity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. That's funny. Not that today's people are <laughs> dumb. It's just, it's a lot easier for us. So we don't tend to think. I feel like, like you they know. don't have as such like, or common sense isn't as common nowadays. Well, like I said, it's ingenuity. It's street smarts versus yeah. book smarts. Yeah. So, so he went to go do that, but he couldn't. What actually happened was a neighbor actually gave him away. Oh, okay. How? Four days after the massacre, a neighbor contacted the RCMP and told them about Victor and his recent release from the hospital, which just so fit the type of person they were looking for. Mm-hmm. They quickly paid him a visit, and when they did, on his doorstep just so happened to be a pair of boots that sat there matching the bloody prince to the crime scene. Oh, boy. He done. He done. He was quickly taken into custody and questioned. I mean, rightfully so. And Mm -hmm. it didn't take him long to actually start confessing to it either. Oh, really? Hey, they broke him quick. Only about 10 minutes. Oh. Like real quick. Real quick. (gasps) He confessed. Well, because he didn't actually want to do it, I think. He didn't. He didn't. And, I mean, I can't imagine he would have much mental strength with all the battles he's going through. Yeah. So... He confessed everything. The shooting of each family member, his 22 caliber gun that he used that was later matched to the tr- retrieved um, cartridges and bullets. The voices in his heads that told his head heads voice <laughs> voices in his head that told him to do it. There we go. I got that sentence. Out. There you go. Um, but Victor also confessed to another thing. He confessed he was done killing. He knew he wouldn't do it again. It was almost like it was over. Something had lifted from him and he was free of the urges to kill. Okay. Which was probably like such a nice feeling for him. Probably. But I mean, that was quite, whoa, (laughs) I just hit puberty all over again. Oh my God. Um, That was quite the cost. (laughs) 
Sorry. Are you okay? I don't know. The look on your face, too, is like you're almost like terrified. Well, it was happening. like I had like a voice crack and a frog in my throat at the same time. <laughs> it was weird. Oh. oh, that was good. I wish that they could see your face. Oh. That was Hi, funny. welcome to the Krusty Burger. <laughs> my bad, guys. Sorry. That was okay. At what cost did it, you know, have that relief, relief exactly. for him? So, yeah. So RCMP actually later confessed that Victor, if he had disposed of his boots and altered his rifle like he planned, most likely would have gotten away with the murder. Why? How could they have pinned it to him if he didn't confess? If he didn't confess, didn't have his boots, and didn't have the rifle to match, they had nothing else to pin him to. Pin him to it. There's nothing. Huh. Interesting. And when they were actually taking him away, like the cops were actually pulling him away, what actually gave his boots away too was Victor was trying to like, oh, just give me one minute. I'm just going to burn these old boots sort of like he was trying to get rid of the boots there like then and there. And that's what caught the attention of the boots to the RCMP. So last minute he tried to ditch the boots, but it, yeah. Oh gosh. It's surprising that he didn't it's earlier, really. Well, yeah, I mean, he had four days. Yeah, so. so what was he doing in those four days? One thing, though, Victor did have to say, remember, because I was saying how it's like almost like he had a cry for help before with that thing? Yeah. Here's another quote from him. If I had had someone to talk to, I wouldn't have committed murder. It's a direct quote from Victor. Yeah, well, we, we had talked about that. Oh, which makes to, my head almost hurt a little. To me, is definitely pointing to the hospital with only releasing him with two mo- in two months. Like, are you insane? Well, it doesn't really sound like they helped him much. They're like no. he needed he needed like a counselor and stuff and like. Well, and he tried to talk about it, and they're just like, "No, it's in your head." That's and wrong. he realized that the more he talked about it, the longer he'd be there. Yeah. To no avail. Like it's just. Is he still alive? Or are we getting there? Sorry. We're, we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. Okay. Sorry. So after this, when he was convicted, he was immediately placed in hospital and he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. He was found not guilty of his crimes by reason of insanity. Okay. In February of 1968, he was placed in custody of physicians where he spent his time in an Ontario-based institution until December 2001, when he was granted supervised access to select towns in Ontario. Wow. And the hospital was only required to inform the local police of Victor's release. So there was only the police they had to talk to. Like, oh, by the way, he's going out today. That's all they had to do. This is very reminiscent of the story, the beheading on the Greyhound bus. Well, Victor didn't go and change his name. Well, Victor... For some reason, I feel worse for Victor. Victor, Well, we're telling it from his perspective is probably why. Maybe. But Victor never really got released. It was like day passes, right? Is oh, what Victor okay. got? Okay. So let me, let me, did I, mean, I write that I wrong? need to just say, like, I still feel bad as shit for that other family. Like, it's awful. Yeah. What happened to them? Like, whole. So yeah, when he was, he was granted supervised access to select towns. So it wasn't even, oh, okay. like, he so wasn't he released. wasn't even ever, like, alone and stuff. No. So that did, like, stir up controversy. And I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. They have this. He did. He he destroyed a family. Yeah, they have this mass murderer just walking around for day passes. One, two, three, four, five. I think. Uh, 
little more than that. We're going to get to the exact number and, and names here in a moment. So Victor did actually end up passing away in custody on May 21st of 2004. Okay. And the victims of the massacre are James Peterson, age 47. They all have the last name Peterson, so I'll just yeah. say the first names. So James, 47. Evelyn, 42. Jean, 17. Mary, 13. Dorothy, 11. Pearl, 9. Oh, William, 5. Holy shit. Colin was 2. And Larry was 1. Holy shit. So a family of nine lost their lives that night. Okay, so like nine people lost their lives, but it was a family of ten. It was actually a family of 11. The Petersons' oldest daughter, Kathy Peterson, Kathy Peterson Hill, who had actually um, been married. uh, She was about 20 at the time, and she was living in British Columbia, a small logging town apparently. Very well might have been Prince George. I didn't look it up. So... (laughs) Uh, She moved back to the Peterson farm after this incident uh, to take custody of her youngest sister and take care of the farm. Really? Yeah. So that's where Phyllis grew up. And that is the case of the Shell Lake Massacre. I had no idea it was nine. That's insane. Nine family members. I'm losing my voice a little bit right now. I think you are, yeah. It's getting a little bit raspy. You okay? I'm good. I just need something to drink. <laughs> you need some water. Okay, yeah. Honestly, just like when we were going through the case, I didn't, I had no idea. I thought it was five or so. No, it's nine in total. And he just executed them all. Wow. In the farmhouse. Nuts. And did he ever like get better at all? Or no? Like I wonder like all his time that he spent in the facility, if he, if he changed at all or, or how got the help he needed. I'm, this is such an in-depth story, especially when it comes to like his mental state. I, I'm i sure that there's some information on that out there. I just, I dug so deep already. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get into the aftermath on his, on his yeah. state. Well, it's good that he got, because it's not the same as the Greyhound one, because the Greyhound one like was pretty much like a free man. He never really became a free man. Well, yeah, that's for sure. But it's the part where it's similar, in my perspective anyways, is... He was granted these day passes where it's not really known to the public even. Yeah, that he's out and about. Yeah, so you have this person who committed such a horrendous crime just, you know, shopping next to you at Walmart. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, are the, are the watermelons ripe? I don't know. Want me to pop a twenty two caliber in it and see if it is? Like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. You could just be making small talk with this yeah. mass murder in the grocery store. So, Holy shit. So that's where the similarities are. And I think the biggest issue lays with how hospitals really treat people and patients who have these disorders and issues. And Because yeah. by the sounds of it, this case could have been prevented, really. Oh, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I definitely need water. Oh okay. Well, why don't we just wrap this up? Because Ben is, has some survival something <laughs> well, to I take mean, care of. Well, I mean, just for context for everyone, because we are filming the first part and second part back to back. Back to back. And all I had so far was a little glass of, of juice from, from coal, yeah. which was delicious, but it was just wasn't enough to keep my voice it going. It wasn't for enough. We usually have water, but we didn't. So. so, But anyway, that was awesome. It's cool that it's a two-parter. That's not awesome. That was a horrific case. What do you mean awesome? 
Okay, awesome that like you you did an awesome job. Well, thank like, you. Like well done. Thank you. Oh, the case was shit. Yeah, it was. But you presented it well. It was a good listen. Well done. Thank you. And Appreciate now you that. can go and have some water. I I also want a piece of pie. Ooh, we do have pie. We have pie. <laughs> and then we can go to bed. Yeah. There we go. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for listening. And stay wicked. <laughs>